Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Rev. This is Reverend Matt from St. Paul the Apostle Mission Church here in Rhode Island. I'm welcoming you this wonderful, sunny, beautiful morning, Sunday, April 18th. It's beautiful here. Sun is out. Last couple days it's been rainy and dreary and cold. Today it is nice 55 degrees this morning and it's already the sun is out and it looks beautiful today. God is giving us a wonderful and pleasant day. So before we start, let's get into our breakfast verse of the day this Sunday. Let us take a moment to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful morning, Lord. Help us, Lord, to remember, Lord, to keep this day holy. Keep this day, Lord, as you ask of us, Lord, to keep it, to remember, Lord, that it is a day of of rest, and it is a day, Lord, that we remember to worship you, Lord. We keep your commandment, Lord, to keep this Sabbath day holy, and we try to do that, Lord, and we ask you, Lord, to please help us in the hustle and bustle of the world, Lord. We we seem to lose that aspect, that we have at least one day to relax, one day to take it easy, and one day to remember, Lord, that this is the day you have made for us, to worship you, to remember you, and we pray, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for all things. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. So welcome again this morning to this Breakfast with the Rev. I've got my coffee here. And I got myself a nice little bagel with some cream cheese. And I'm going to enjoy that as we discuss our verse of the day today. And today really, the verse of the day today is really it's pretty cut and dry. And it's a really a really cool verse. And just so you know, I actually get my verses from Bible Gateway. Um, it's BibleGateway.com. It's really a really great resource for studying the Bible uh, and looking at different things, looking up passages or even a keyword if you're looking up something particular. But today's verse is found in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. So Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. This is from the New International Version. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. But what a what a wonderful verse that is. I mean that really is the crooks of the crooks. Where did that word come from anyway? <laughs> the crooks. <clears throat> but meaning pretty much that the it's the true fact that this is the really the, the, the heart of the matter here. Of, of the Bible and of the gospel is this verse. And interestingly enough, I think I have said to you in past um, talks and past sermons, don't bog yourself down with all the other stuff that you see. A lot of people have these, you know, people bog your mind down with other things of the Bible. You know, did this really happen? Did, did a flood happen? I mean, yes, it did. It's been proof that it happened. I mean, go and take a look. Go on the internet and look. It's proof of a flood. Um, did things really happen with as it did with Moses? Did the Israelites really travel for 40 years in a circle? Because Moses, being a man, didn't want to ask for directions. <laughs> That's a joke. But did that really? these things really happen? Was the story... You know, was, you know, did, was Jesus really born on December 25th? 2,000 years ago. These, you know, the, 
these are these are our Bible and the Bible and, and these are very important passages and very important stories of the Bible. And I want to reiterate that they're not just stories, they're real. Okay, again, I want to re- reiterate that this is they are real. But as I have said to you many times, they point to one specific person. They point to one event that would happen. And I always say, don't get yourselves bogged down into this thing of, did this really happen? Did this really not happen? Did this, did, did, was this true? Was this not true? This person said it isn't. That person says it is. Oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm supposed to believe. Don't get yourself bogged down into that. What you really need to understand, what you really need to believe is, what do all these stories in the Bible, what does the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, what, what do they, who do they point to? What do they point to? They point to the salvation of the world through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they point to. They point to the gospel, the good news. That's what the gospel means, the good news. And it's the good news that the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world. He was God, 100% God, 100% man. And he came into this world. And you might even find this, you might even find this a little bit um, difficult to, to even listen to when I say something like this. Or you might say, what? But even... What, Jesus, what the Lord Jesus did, even, the, even what the Lord Jesus did in his three-year ministry isn't as important as what he did in his last few days of his life. I repeat that again. Even what the Lord Jesus did in his ministry for three years, even everything the Lord Jesus talked about, everything the Lord Jesus did, was not important as the last three days or the last few days of his life. And then, his resurrection. That was most important than anything. So again, don't bog yourselves down into this thing of who said what, is it, is it true or not. What you bog yourself down into is you believe the simple fact that the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world and he died for your sins. And as I had said before on my messages, when he died on that cross, for those who believe upon him, your sins are nailed to that cross with him. Your sins are nailed there forever. And they're left up there on that cross. Your sins from past, your sins from now, present, and your future sins are nailed up there with him on the cross. And when he rose again from and when he came and when he was taken down from the cross, your sins were left there. They were left there on the cross. And he rose again from the dead, and for those who believe upon him are rose again with him. We rise again with him in the new body, the new soul. We we don't have that yet. <clears throat> we don't have that yet, but we will one day. We will receive a new body, much as the Lord Jesus Christ did. But for those who believe upon him, we have that security that we know that we have an eternal life with him, an eternal life with the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what's wonderful, wonderful. And this is what this verse gets to the crux of all that. How do you get that? How do we get that, that, that wonderful end? How do we achieve that? And it's really quite simple. Again, we're bogging ourselves down too much worrying about this and that and all this that we do. And the bottom line is it's very simple. And we're told right here today in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, how that becomes. How does this happen? How do we achieve that salvation? How do we accept the gift 
that was given unto us. The gift has already been given. As I had said last week in my sermon, uh, the Lord Jesus said it was finished. As I said in my Good Friday and in my Easter Sunday sermon, the Lord Jesus said it is finished. And when he said it was finished, he meant it was finished. It was done. It is over. I've done it all and there's nothing more that you have to do. There's no good work that you have to do. There's no... There's no outstanding thing that you have to do. You don't have to go out there on the the, the rooftops and scream and yell and and preach on the rooftops and yell and do things like... No, none of that at all. There's nothing more that you have to do. The Lord Jesus has done it all. And and, and, And how do you achieve this? Now again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. To many of you, I said again, I, I'm not taking for granted that some of you listening to this right now are, 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 are Christians, or I should say are believers in Jesus Christ. And I understand that there are probably those, and there might be some that listen to this that are just asking the question. And maybe they're, maybe you're curious, and maybe you're wondering. And for you, I would say, hey, look, if you really want to start someplace... If you really, if you if you really have questions, and I've said this before to people, seek out a Bible-believing church. Go to your community and seek out a Bible-believing church, a church that believes in the Bible, a church that preaches the Bible, <clears throat> a church that preaches the gospel. Reach out and look for a church like that. Now, sometimes that's not easy to do. It took me many years. It took me many years before I found a true Bible-believing church. And I'm not saying that in my area that the church that I go to is the only Bible-believing church right out there. But this, but it took many years to find a, a Bible-believing church that I can feel home in. So it's not an easy task. It, it, it's a task that I'm putting upon you. It's not easy, but find a Bible-believing church and go there and ask the questions. Ask your questions. Don't be afraid to do that. Ask some of your hard questions to them. That's what they're there for. That's their job. That's that's the minister's job. That's my job. Go out there and ask these questions. Ask, and then ask, and a big thing I would say to you to ask too is ask, if I want to read the Bible, where should I start? And I will tell you, for me personally, where do you start in the Bible? I start I start in the Gospels. I start in the Gospel. I start reading the Gospels, and I, and I get an idea and a sense of who the Lord Jesus was. And I get an idea and a sense of what, what was his teachings about. And what did he do? And then, what did he do for us? What did the Lord Jesus do for us in the end? And and why is it that we're saying today that we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and is there, and we believe in this that we're justified through this, and when we profess with our mouth that we that this means that we are saved, and we profess our faith, excuse me, and we ask us, and why is it that? believers in Jesus Christ. Why is it that they have this? Why is it that they believe this? And I truly believe that if you read the gospel, I truly believe if you start there, that you can see. And, and, and I do think that you have to read each, I think you have to read each gospel to get a little bit of perspective. They all have their perspective. Remember, keep in mind, the gospels were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, that's not the Beatles. That's not, okay, that's not, okay, that's not George, John, Paul, and Ringo, okay? <laughs> okay? It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four gospel writers. And Matthew and John were both apostles of Jesus Christ. They followed him around for three years of his ministry. 
They were there when he died. And then you have Mark and Luke. They they were not apostles per se, but they were more of, of they got their stories from other apostles as well and other stories they heard. And Luke, as a matter of fact, they say was a physician. And one of the one of them, Luke was they say was very particular in his writing and very particular in what he would find and very particular in his fact checking, they say, about Luke. And, and and he and you could kind of picture like Mark and Luke are kind of like two guys that are like going out there like reporters. Let's just think of like that reporters and they're getting they want to get the story and they want to get it down and they want the world to know what's going on here. And they're going out, they're interviewing people, they're interviewing probably most likely the apostles, they're interviewing other people that have also followed the Lord Jesus. Even those the two men that the Lord Jesus walked with um, in, in, after he was risen from the dead. We talked about that last week. The two men he walked with them and he. He preached to them, and they didn't know who he was. And then finally, they sat down to eat, and the Lord Jesus broke bread and and blessed it. And their eyes were open. They realized it was him, and then he disappeared from their sight. I'm sure, and, and they even interviewed them. So, keep it. Think of it like that. You have two eyewitness accounts again, Matthew and John, and then you have Luke, Mark and Luke. That are two. That are probably two men that again weren't there exactly there. They might have been there, but they were men that came. They were men that came on the scene. And think of them more like men that were doing an investigative reporting. So, you have the gospel. So, I would my advice would definitely be if you want to start somewhere, I would say start with the gospels. There's also really a lot of good. The, the Bible Gateway has a lot of good reading plans, as well. There's a lot of good reading plans that they have. So that might be another thing you might you, know, you could think of as well. Like they have those one year reading plans they have. If you want to read the Bible in a year, you can do that. Um, you know, things like that, or, or they have different reading plans. You can go in, you can look them up in different plans of, you know, salvation plan, um, the flood plan. There's a lot of plans you can look up and read about. But I would start with the gospel if I were you. Start with the gospels. Start with Matthew. Read it. Go through them all four. Go talk to your local minister of your Bible-believing church in your area. I, again, I, I said last week, I go to Ocean Point Christian Church, which is in Middletown, Rhode Island wonderful church they have not they're online oceanpoint.com you can go online and you can find more information about them online and, and they have a great resources there and the ministers there are great and they and they, they will talk to you and help you and they'll and you know even and I think a lot of churches too if you even ask them will even send you a bible if you need it uh, as I mentioned to you before harvest.com which is pastor Greg Laurie he has a wonderful bible that he actually has a lot of notes in that he put together it's a New Testament that they'll send you if you go online. That's another way to start. So again, let us get back to the heart of the matter this morning on this, this, this breakfast, this breakfast with the Rev this morning. And let's get to really what this verse is talking about today. So again, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, um, 9 through 10 New International Versions. If you declare, again, let me read it again. If you declare your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. <clears throat> Good coffee today, a French roast. Not bad. <clears throat> so, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, how? How do I do this? What do I do? Here's, here's the thing, and, we, and we've talked about this before too. We've talked about this on faith. Now, don't now remember... Last week, last couple weeks, we talked about, uh, on Sunday, we talked about 
Thomas and the Apostle Thomas got the name. That's how we get the word Doubting Thomas. And it was the fact that when the Lord Jesus appeared to the Apostles for the first time, Thomas wasn't there. Thomas comes back to the scene. The Apostles tell him about it and Thomas says, no way. Until I touch his finger, until I touch the holes in his fingers, until I put my hand in the hole in his side where the spear pierced him, I'm not going to believe this is true. I think that you guys are all crazy. I'm not believing it. It's not going to happen. And then as he's saying this, the Lord Jesus appears. Thomas is already, the Lord Jesus says, okay, here, Thomas, put your finger in my hand, in the hole of my hair. Put your hand in the hole of my side. And Thomas is just like, Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus. And, he, and, he, and he's on his hands and knees and he's praising God. And he believes. And what does the Lord Jesus say to Thomas? He says, Thomas, and I'm paraphrasing here. He says, Thomas, he says, blessed for you who believe, but blessed, for those, but blessed are those who do not believe, who have not seen me. He says, you know, you see me, you believe, Thomas. But blessed are those who have not seen and believe. And this is really about the gospel and, and about being a believer in Jesus Christ is that it is by faith. It, it's by faith. It's by faith that we're believing in what we're, in what we're being told. It's by faith that we believe that the Bible is telling us the truth. It's by faith in our hearts. And, and I believe in my heart that I have faith. We are told in the Bible that we are, that we are, to, we are to tell people why it is that we believe what we believe in. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it is your, you, you're, you're to tell people why does it you believe what you believe in. If people come to you and say, why do you believe what you believe in, you're to give them a reason why you believe what you believe in. That's what we're told. We're told to do that. For me, I believe in the Lord Jesus because I can, and for me, I feel him. I've, I've, I've read the Bible. I've studied the Bible. And since I was a child, since I was a child, I've always believed that the Lord Jesus was there. I've always believed the Lord Jesus died for me. I've always believed in the Lord Jesus. Always have been. And I've always believed in this because it's always been a feeling in me that I've always had this joy that when the Lord Jesus' name is mentioned, it's a joy in my heart. I feel joy. And, and, I, and I also say it's, and I, and, and I believe, and I, and I, but I have, but the most part for me is that I have faith that the Lord Jesus, that the Lord Jesus died for me. I, I had the faith of that. I have faith that he loves me. I have faith that the Lord God made me. I believe that the Lord God made me. He made all of us. And I believe that man sinned against God. That man decided to leave the dance. That man wanted to be like God. Man wanted that. And Adam and Eve sinned against God, did their own thing. And I believe that the Lord God had a plan from the beginning. And the plan was that he was going to send his son or himself into the world to save us. I believe that. I believe it like I, I breathe the air. I don't see the air. I don't see it. I can't. I unless somebody's cooking something or somebody sprays something or or something else in the air, I can smell it. But I don't smell it. I don't see it. I don't taste it. But I know that it's there. I know that I'm breathing. I know that it's keeping me alive. So a lot of argument that people would have is that, well, how can you believe in something you've never seen? Well, I don't see the air, but I know it's there. I know there's such, I know that there's a such thing called CO2, and I know that oxygen, and I know that I'm breathing it in, and I know that it's keeping me alive. That I know. Much like the Lord Jesus, I know that in my heart that He is, that He is there keeping me alive. And I have been blessed. I can't even tell you the times in my life, another reason why I believe in the Lord 
Jesus and I have my faith in him is that I can't begin to tell you the times of my life that the Lord Jesus has saved me from myself, but has saved my wife and I in our lives through prayer. For me, prayer is really one of the main reasons of my belief in the Lord Jesus because I, I prayed to my wife and I through the years, have prayed to the Lord Jesus for things that are just things that are just you might find crazy to believe in, but we have. I'll give you an example. Give you an example, not not to get off subject here, but I want to give you an example of, of prayer. So many years ago, um, a family member went away on a, on a mission trip, and that family member brought had had, had some of the where, where where he was doing this mission trip was there for about six months, and it was the Solomon Islands. And the Solomon Island, the people there were, they were beautiful people. They were lovely, wonderful people. And he said to me that, that and they, what they did was they made these um, uh, little bags and they made these nice things for, my, for our families, stuff like that. And so the Lord, so, so he, these things were, were made. And what happened was, was that, you know, this was my father. I say family, okay? My father, <laughs> when he was over there, he had these packed up, these things packed up, and he went over to the customs over there, and he basically had them shipped to the United States. He was going to be there for another four months, and he had these things shipped here for our family. Maybe a, a week or about three weeks later. I knew they were coming, but about three weeks later, I received a notice from, I received a phone call. This was, this was back in like 2005, I think it was, 2000, around that time frame. And I received a phone call from this import place here in, in where I live, this place. And they, and they basically, on the phone, I thought it was a scam at first. And everybody said to me, hey, hey, we have this package here, but it's at our warehouse end. And you have to come and claim it. But the issue here is, is that it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you. X amount of money to get to get your stuff because it has to go through it's gone through customs it's got to get it has to get checked and it's going to cost you about four or five hundred dollars to get it out of here and four or five hundred dollars I mean the stuff didn't even didn't even cost anything like that at all that was even in there some handmade bags some of those uh, shell type of thing they call it it was like a, made out of shells I think that was a problem it was like I forget what they call those macrames was made out of shells and I think that was the issue was there because they were made out of shells and they were coming here they had to be like quarantined and then this place was basically saying that we had to pay about four or five hundred dollars for me to go there and pick up and get it out which which was beyond our understanding because my father had actually had all that cleared over there in the Solomon Islands to come to the United States with customs with the, with the customs there in the United States customs so it was really strange that they were doing this and I thought it was a scam so I said well I, I know what to do problem was that my dad he was over there phone calls were hard to get to really couldn't really couldn't uh, call him on the phone what was going on if I spoke to him once once a month I spoke to him once a month I was lucky so I really couldn't get to him and say this is what's going on like the, your, your stuff came here but I can't get it and we prayed I so I so but I finally got in touch with him I, actually I sent him a sent him a uh, they did do emails of course back then and he finally was able to get to some place that was able to get into an email and, and I told him what happened he said well you know I'll send you the money, whatever, when I can, or, or you know, I'll be back in a few months. We'll figure it out then. I said, well, Dad, I said, you know what? Let's just, I'm going to pray on it. We'll pray on it. Let's just both pray on it and see what happens. So we did that. We prayed on it and we see what happens. 
and nothing happened. The bottom line was nothing happened at all. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. We still they wanted their money. I had I had to jump through all these hoops. I, I really really was really quite upset that we couldn't get this simple simple things that he said for our family. But that was it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't. I'm not, I couldn't pay the five hundred bucks. I had to wait for them to get back. And it quite basically, what happened was it got for, it got forgotten about. It was forgotten about. And and I remember during our prayers, I remember me saying, Lord, help us if we can get this somehow, Lord. If or whenever your time is right, Lord, that we can get this, dear Father, make it so. Nothing ever happened. Months went by. My dad came back from, from he came back from his mission trip. We 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 talked about it, but again, you know, he's not from this area, and, and I just forgot about it. I lost contact with even who it was, the, the place. Years, so years go by. Years go by. In 2000, 2012, I would say, I think it was June of 2012. Again, this is years later, okay? Years later. This is almost like, almost like seven years later. I get a phone call from someone and they say to me, hey, we're at this place here and we're at this day in our thing. We found this old box with your, with your name on it. And that happened to have your name and happened to have this phone number, which which was my, uh, which actually was my work phone number, at that time where I worked. And they said, we, and the gentleman I talked to, a very nice gentleman, he said to me, look, he said, he said, look, it's been here. This has been here for years. He said, this has been here for almost seven years. He said, and he said, and so now he's, and he said, we just wanted, we we just wanted to let you know that it's here, and we want you to come pick it up. And I said, well, what's it going to cost me? And he said to me, it's not going to cost you anything. I just want, we just want you to come and get it. We just want it out of here. So we, we bought this building, we found it, and we we wanted we wanted out of here. I went and picked it up. <laughs> Almost seven years later, got my stuff. On the Lord's time, but the Lord answered the prayer. My prayer to the Lord was, Lord, help us to get this, Lord, in your time, Lord, when it can be. But help us so that we don't have to pay the money for it, and just help us so we can get it. And several years later, I was able to get the package with no cost at all. I went down to the place. The gentleman I talked to was a very nice guy. He brought me to it. This old box that was full of dust and soot and dirt in the corner of this of this building. I grabbed it, and and that was it. Nothing, no questions asked. Grabbed it, put it in my car, and ended up going leaving with the, with the box that I had prayed for years ago, <laughs> asking for the Lord to help me get this box for free, to get the to get the stuff that our Father sent us to our family for free. And sure enough, it happened. So that so prayer again for me prayer, and that's just one story of many instances of prayer. But for me, prayer is also a, a, is also one of the reasons why I, I also believe in the Lord because I know that prayer is real. I've seen it. I've seen prayer with people who are sick and ill. I've seen it with families that have lost people that that, that God has been there for them through prayer, and I see these things. So for me, again, prayer is another is very important and also for me is also for me to come to declare to everyone this is why I also believe in the Lord and I believe what I believe and because of that I have faith in my heart I have faith in my mind and my soul I declare the Lord as to Jesus is Lord I can declare that freely without any qualms at all that Jesus is Lord and I can declare that I know that God raised him from the dead and I believe that in my heart that he raised him from the dead I believe that and I believe that and I also believe that because I have the heart and that I believed in that, and because I believe, and because I have this faith, that I'm justified. And and I know also because I declare it with my mouth, 
that I profess my faith in Christ, that I am saved, that I that I have that. It's 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 more of a fact of understanding that because of the fact that I'm able to declare it. It's not because I'm going around saying to people, I believe in Him, I believe in God, I believe in this, I believe in that, doing some type of work that I'm saved. That's not what it's saying here. But I'm that, but knowing that I'm able to profess it with my heart and that I truly believe it in my heart, that I'm justified through that. But my mouth, my my declaration or professing that that's of my faith shows that I am I am saved. It's much like when I when I was when I was struggling many, many years ago with my faith and I was struggling with it. Didn't really believe that God wanted somebody like me. Didn't really want to believe that God would forgive the sins that I've done, which would have been horrible in my life. Didn't want to believe any of that. Why would God want me? I'm, 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 a, I'm a pathetic person. Even though I've always believed the Lord Jesus, always, even though I've always known He's my Savior, but for many, many years I turned from the Lord but in, my, in, my, in my teen years until my mid-twenties and wanted nothing to do with God. And I said, why would He want me? Why would He want me? And I remember struggling all the time with, do I believe this or not? Do I really believe this or not? And, did, and I remember speaking to it with, with a friend, Pastor Dominic, his name is. And I remember speaking to Pastor Dominic one night. And, and I said to him, I said, I said, Pastor Dom, I said, I just don't think I believe this. I'm, having, I'm struggling. So I, I'm, I'm doubting this. So how can I be saved if I'm doubting this? And he said to me these words that turned me around. He said, Matt, because you're doubting and because you have these doubts and because you have these questions, you are saved. That just only shows that you are saved because you're struggling with yourself. God has chosen you and you're struggling with yourself. And that only shows that you're someone that's saved. And this is why and this is why you're having these struggles. A non a person who's not saved, they don't have these struggles. They don't care. They don't care. It's not it's no concern of theirs that they have these these um these questions they don't care but you're struggling Matt because you care because you believe in what you're being told so you declare so for, so let me ask let me ask you out there right now let me ask people out there right now what do you believe in what do you believe are you a, are you able to go out there and are you able to declare with your mouth are you able to declare to the people that Jesus is Lord can you say that wholeheartedly from your heart that you really believe that Jesus is Lord? That he is the sovereign Lord of all things? Do you, can you really believe that in your heart that he had? And can you really believe that God raised him from the dead? That the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins on that cross. That our sins were nailed with him on that cross. He was taken down from the cross. Our sins were left up there with him. And he rose from the dead. And through him, we are now saved who believe upon him. We are saved through him and his resurrection. And we are now resurrected with him in new bodies, new lives. And we believe that that was all done through God the Father who raised him, accepted his sacrifice, that we will be saved. And again, if we believe that in our heart, if we truly believe that, then we are justified. This is what this verse is saying. If we believe this in our heart, then we guess what? You're justified. You are saved because you believe this in your heart. And now that you're able to confess this with your mouth, and you're able to profess your faith, and not because you're going out there professing your faith, not because you're knocking on people's doors and you're saying, hey, this is what you got to do. Not because you're browbeating people with the, with the gospel and you're, and you're shoving it down their throats. None of that. Not because you're doing any of that. That's, you know, not because you're doing any of that. But because you have that profession of faith like I do right now, it shows that you are saved. 
it's much the same thing with good works, right? Good works. There's always a controversy between do you have to have good works to be saved or is it that you, or is it, or, or no. And I believe that a tr- I believe that a sign of a Christian or a sign of a real true believer, excuse me, a sign of a real true believer in Christ is a person that is saved, who brought nothing to the table, who brought no good works, who brought nothing to the table, who brought nothing else at all, who could do nothing, who had no way to do anything, that person came to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith and said, I believe in you, Lord Jesus, that you are Lord. I believe that you, that you died for my sins. I believe that my sins are nailed with you on that cross. I believe, Lord Jesus Christ, that in my heart that God raised you from the dead and I am raised with you, Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that and you have saved me from my sin. Okay? And and that's the reason. And, and I believe all of that, Lord Jesus. Very simple. And I believe that, Lord Jesus. And I believe in you. Okay? Nothing that you've done. You've brought nothing to the table. You've done nothing other than I believe in you, Lord Jesus. You took that first step. And then I believe that your works after that show that you are a true believer in Christ. It's how you now you live your life after that. That shows that you're true. So I believe that good works don't make you saved. I, I believe that good works don't save you. But I believe that good works after the fact show that you are truly a believer in Jesus Christ. It shows that your good works show that. And that's what I believe. So it's much like this Bible verse. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that He raised God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. There's the first one right there. You will be saved. Okay? So here we have Paul in Romans saying, the first verse Paul is saying, hey look, here it is folks. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So Paul's giving you the key. Paul's telling you this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. If you want to be saved, this is what you got to do. Then Paul says after that, then he tells you, then he says, for then it is with your heart that you believe that it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So Paul then basically says to you, this is what you have to do. And then how do you know whether or not you're saved? How do you know whether or not you truly are a believer in Christ? You know, because in your heart you believe it. And guess what? God promises you, you've been justified. You believe it, truly believe it. You truly believe it. And with your mouth, you confess it to people. And then you confess your faith. Why do you believe what you believe in? Why do you have this? What, why do you have this? This is what you believe in. You confess your faith in Christ. That through Christ, we are saved. And then you are saved. So Paul tells us, this is how you got to do it. And then he says to you, this is how you know you've done it. <laughs> it's the bottom line. For those out there, again, I'm, not, I'm taking for granted that people listening to this right now are saved. And I hope in some way, shape, or form the Lord has used me today to be able to help you, um, hopefully reveal himself to you, I hope. I hope he's used me in that fashion. I hope that, you know, as I mentioned to you, I, I would hope that you go out and seek a church. I know right now it is kind of hard with everything going on in the world right now to go out there and find a church that's open, but online, there's so many resources you can go to. Again, BibleGateway.com, there's a lot of resources on there that you can go into and you can talk to people. Okay? But again, if you, again, ask yourself this question. If I were to die today, where would I go? Where would I be? Let's just take the, let's take the, Let's take all the other stuff. Let's let's take heaven and hell off the table. Let's take all of them. Let's just let's just say, where would you be today if you were to die today? Where would you be? 
if you were to die today and you were put in the ground and you were and you were buried in the, in, in the, in the dirt would you re, would you remain in that in that coffin in the dirt forever void of knowing anything void of anything just not knowing anything anymore I mean let's go back to before you were born right we, we have no idea none of us here alive today that are listening to this sermon were, were around 2,000 years ago right so we have no idea what happened at the time at that time went by pretty quickly, right? Millions of years, they say, right? Went by pretty quickly until we came on this earth, until we're here, our present. And it'll happen again for people hundreds of years down the road, too. It'll be the same thing. That they will, it'll be the same thing for them. They'll be born and they'll have awareness of life. But will you be that type of, will you, will that, will, is that, is what going to happen with you? Again, you just go back to nothingness and void of knowing anything? Or will, you, or will you be a person who will be brought up into the bosom of Christ and you will be brought up with him and as Lord Jesus says, a place is made for you in heaven. I prepare a place for you. He promises you that. I prepare a place for you in heaven to, to end this day that when you die, when you leave this earth, that you are prepared and you go to heaven and you spend it with the Lord and then you have an awareness of the wonderful glory of God. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. If I was to go today, where would I be? Left in the cold, dark earth? Or would I be in, the, in, in, in buried in that earth and the Lord Jesus Christ would come to take me? Would come and take me with him in heaven? And I would have awareness with him? Average life, average lifespan is what? What, 75, 80? And I know that, I mean, science has made things great. Average lifespan is that much? That's nothing compared to eternity, folks. Eternity is, it's, eternity is a totally different animal. And there's nothing out there that can be worse than you spending an eternity of no awareness. I, I have to believe in me that we were made for something more. C.S. Lewis, the great C.S. Lewis had said that when I, that when I have, when I have, basically he's saying when I have, been given everything this world has to give me, when I have enjoyed everything that this world has to give me, when I have eaten the best foods, when I have partook in the best wines and the best drink, and when I partook in the best this world can give me, I've got, I've done a, a big life, I've done everything, I've done it all. I kind of go back um, and I think to myself, like in the, like in the, in the movie, <clears throat> in the movie Titanic, the, 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 the 1990s one, Titanic, the big one, you know. Um, and I kind of re- I kind of think of that with Titanic. I think about like at the end when Rose at the end, when she she lived her whole full life and she was gonna die. She was getting old. She was very old. If you remember the movie, and they showed a picture of her sleeping. They showed the, you know, she uh, Jack says to her, "Go before he dies," and he sinks to the bottom, and he says to her, "Go live your life, live your life." And 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 they show pictures of her living her life. She had this wonderful life. Pictures of everything. Riding horses, climbing the Alps. Uh, married with tons of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. She lived this wonderful, wonderful life she lived. But she, and she was like, I think maybe like in her, maybe like in her 90s or something like that. She was like very old in the movie. I'm not sure it was her exact age, but she was quite old. And you live your life and I'm actually trying to do the math here. Let's see here, 1995. Yeah, so she was like in her 80s, right? And I can, I, I think to myself, and then she, and then, you know, then she died in the movie and she goes back to that to the ship or whatever, to the Titanic, you know, if you remember the movie. But I think to myself, here's a person that had this wonderful life, really had a wonderful life. I mean, she, she lived her life. She lived it. She lived her life. And yet, when she died, 
without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, where did she go? She lived 80 years, 80 something years of a wonderful, great life. You know, well, I would say maybe maybe 90, maybe 100, almost 100 years old, excuse me. She uh, lived a great life. But now you're going on, but now she goes and now you're going on an eternity. So the question is really going to ask yourself, where will you be? Where will you be? Where will you be? Ask yourself that question. Where will you be? The Lord Jesus says, if you, again, he says, if you declare that the Lord Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. The gospel. It's the gospel. The gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ crucified for your sin. All the Bible led up to that one, to those three days of the last three days of Lord Jesus' life and then his resurrection. It, 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 it all came to that conclusion. If you really believe and you want to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, or if you're asking yourself that question, how do I do that? Here's how you do it. You sit down and you pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you, my sins were hung with you on the cross. I believe, Lord Jesus, that they remained there on the cross and that I was raised and that the Lord God raised you from the dead. And I believe, Lord, that I am also raised from the dead with you. I believe, Lord, that you take my sins and you wipe me clean. I believe that you are Lord and you are God. And I believe, Lord Jesus, that through you I am saved. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. For I give myself to you. I give my life to you. I give everything to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you truly believe that in your heart and you truly confess that God is real, that the Lord Jesus is real, that you profess your faith, you will be saved. And you are saved. And it doesn't come It doesn't come in a day. You're not going to feel any different an hour from now. <laughs> you're not going to feel, maybe you won't feel any different, you know, you're not going to feel any different in a year from now, or three years, you know, who knows. But slowly you will see in yourself that you're, Things will change in your life, that you will change, that things will change, that your perception of things will change. And you will slowly start to see that God is working from the inside out. Because when you've asked him to come into your heart, he's there in your heart now, and he will slowly start to work his way out from you into the world. And that's what we do. And on that day, when that day comes, that you are that we're put into the ground, to that dull, cold, dark earth, that he will come and he will take us from there and we will sit with him and we will be cradled in his bosom and we will have awareness of our Lord Jesus Christ and that is just the most wonderful thing and for eternity we will be with him in eternity forever and ever and ever and that's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing so I want to thank you all today before we pray and we end today and we conclude I want to thank you all uh, this week, I do plan on continuing my Why Do I Believe the Bible is Real series. I hope people are enjoying it. I try to make it very simple. I try to make everything simple because I'm a simple man. I'm a very simple person. And I try to make it that way for everyone, and I hope that's helping. I So we're going we're gonna to start with that. And, and I think this week we're going to go on, move on to David. King David, there's a man. He was considered a man after God's heart. <clears throat> the Bible says, excuse me. 
The Bible says that King David was a man after, the, after God's own heart. But King David did some pretty wicked things. Some pretty wicked things that we probably wouldn't even imagine that God would, that God would have allowed or that God would have forgiven him for. But he did. He did. So we're going to talk about King David because King David is another person in the Bible that you wouldn't think the per- that anyone who wrote about this guy <clears throat> would want to write about him at all. You would think they want to hide things that he did. So let's we're going to talk about King David this week, and that'll be up during the week, some point, sometime. And we'll continue from there. Another another uh, a person that I um, I think on the opposite end of things, which really wouldn't, which which again would be part of that series. Well, was Joseph. Joseph um, definitely is someone that I want to talk about. He was a man of integrity. He was he was a real hero. But how he got there is a different story and how he and how he got to where he was is a story in itself but we're going to talk about Joseph as well as I mentioned earlier I want to talk about the apostles here here's men that God gathered that even up to the very end as you all know I talked about it last week even up to the very end God um, they, they didn't know what Lord Jesus was even telling them about they, they were hiding when he was when he was after he was crucified so we'll talk about the disciples and at the very end we're going to talk again about the Lord Jesus we're going to talk about him Talk about the Lord Jesus. And how the Lord Jesus wasn't what the Jewish people thought he was going to be. They were expecting someone that was going to um, that was going to help them get under the yoke of the of the Roman of the Romans of Rome. That was their idea of a Messiah. So we're going to talk about the Lord Jesus at the end of this as well and all the wonderful things about him. And then we're going to go on with some other series as well, I think. But again, we're going to have the wonderful uh, Breakfast with the Rev on Sunday mornings, and I hope this you enjoy this. This morning, grab your coffees. I hope you had your coffee and something to eat, and get out there today and enjoy the day and enjoy what the Lord God has made to us, made for us today. And let us pray, dear Lord Jesus. We pray and hope that people <clears throat> is listening to this sermon today, listen to this breakfast time. Hopefully, Lord Jesus, that it touched them in some way. I hope, Lord Jesus, that you have used me to touch them in some way. That you have used me, Lord, to help them, Lord, to open their eyes a little bit, to understand, Lord, that they declare them, they declare with their mouth that you are Lord, and they believe in your heart that God, that God raised you from the dead, that they are saved. That's how they can be saved, accepting you as their Savior, accepting that you died for them, and believing in you, Lord, and asking you to come into their heart, that they are now justified, and they profess with their mouth. Not for good works. They don't profess with their mouth to be able to obtain anything. But they do it and it shows proof that they are saved. And Lord, we pray for them today. We pray for people today, Lord. Please, Lord, watch over your people, Lord. The um, the hour has come, Lord. The hour and time, Lord, of the persecution of many Jews. Excuse me, of the, of the excuse me, of Christian. Excuse me, of the Christian. <clears throat> many of the, the persecution has come now. It's coming now. We also we and we also see, Lord, that the horrible things that are happening in the world today. We do see that we do see a lot of anti-Semitism happening in the world, Lord. We see racism. We see so much happening today, Lord. And we beg of you, Lord, to please help, Lord. Watch over the people, Lord. Please, Lord, please end this anti-Semitism. Please end this racism. Please end this, Lord. Please, Lord. Help us, Lord, all to know, Lord, that under you, Lord, we are saved. And we must also help us, Lord, to be strong to condemn these horrible things. Help us, Lord, to condemn these horrible things. Give us the strength to, de- to, de- to, de- to condemn these wicked and horrible things that are going on in the world today. 
people should not be persecuted. People should not be to live a life of fear. But we know, Lord, that that, that it, it's going to happen. We know, even as Christians, we know, Lord, that Christians will be persecuted. We have a lot of that happening today. Throughout this world, Christians are murdered and killed for their belief. Even here, and you're not even here in, in our own country, Lord. If you're a Christian, you're now you're getting the stigma on you, Lord, that you're a horrible person. Lord, we pray, Lord, to please protect your people. Please watch over us, Lord. Protect us, Lord. We beg of you, Lord, please. But Lord, most of all, Lord, help us, Lord, to know that the day will come, Lord, that when we are dead, that when we die on this earth, that when our when we breathe our last breath, that you will come and you will take us from that dark, cold grave. And you will take us with you into the bosom of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will have awareness and we will sleep in him. Sleep in Christ, but we will have awareness. That, Lord, to me is just a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing, Lord, to know that we have awareness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of blank nothing. Nothing. And I pray, Lord, we pray, Lord, today in your wonderful and precious name. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, folks, and this was kind of a long one today, so I hope that you stuck with me. It was kind of a long one, but a little longer than I wanted to go. But we had a lot to talk about today, a lot to discuss, a lot of things to think to go over. But again, any questions, B-R-I-T-T-G-A-R-R, 2002 at yahoo.com. Uh, Britgar, 2002 at yahoo.com. Questions, let me know. Again, thank you for listening to me. Love you all. God bless you all. May God be with you this week. May his face shine upon you. May he bless you and may you may he reveal himself unto you so that you also believe. In his name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.